Welcome to the Well-Nurtured Brain, where we delve into the exciting world of brain health. Every episode, we bring the latest research and expert insights on mental and neurological health and offer practical tips and strategies on how to nurture your brain and optimize its function. From mental wellness to neurological health, we'll cover it all so you can become skilled in the care and feeding of the most important organ in your body, the one that makes you you, your brain. Welcome to episode six of The Well-Nurtured Brain. I'm your host, Dr. Pamela Hutchison. I'm a naturopathic doctor with over 20 years of clinical practice, supporting folks with mental health and neurological challenges live healthy lives. In these early episodes, beyond providing some valuable health information, I want to dispel a particular myth I have heard my entire career. The myth is, is that there is no place for natural or lifestyle medicine for folks with real mental health issues or real neurological conditions. I've heard this over and over again. And don't get me wrong, there are absolutely some unfounded and irresponsible claims out there regarding natural approaches to care for these very conditions. And those claims are irresponsible and do a huge disservice for this population of patients. Being diagnosed with a severe neurological condition or having a significant or severe mental health problem is very painful and difficult and challenging. And it can be a state that people will take advantage of, unfortunately. So I know that there is some stuff out there that is just wrong that's happening. But I would say there's another less explored disservice to these patients, which is an absolute conviction in some circles that natural approaches to care make absolutely no difference, no difference at all to outcomes for these folks. Today's episode is a great example of how a natural lifestyle-based intervention does not only help, it is literally the only intervention that has been shown in a common neurodegenerative condition to actually slow the progression of this disease. What we're talking about is exercise and Parkinson's disease. So a bit of context here. About a third of my patients have Parkinson's disease. I invest a lot of my time into understanding this condition and how natural medicine and lifestyle medicine helps this specific group of people. I'm pretty passionate about it. I regularly attend the World Parkinson's Congress Annual Movement Disorders Conferences, and I do speak locally about Parkinson's disease care. I think one of the biggest things I've learned working with Parkinson's patients has been how important it is to get the basics of nurturing the brain really well established for folks with neurodegenerative diseases. So today we're going to talk about one of those basics of nurturing the brain, which is exercise. And in folks with PD, I really consider they're coming to me with an early diagnosis. This is really job number one. I've got to figure out with them How are we going to get this person meeting certain exercise goals? Because we have decent evidence around this, slowing the rate of progression of disease for people with Parkinson's. So if you're out there and you don't know much about Parkinson's disease, here's a quick primer. It's a neurodegenerative condition, which means that the cells in the central nervous system are not working well. They may stop working or they may die. And Parkinson's disease is progressive, so over time the symptoms get worse and more debilitating. 
the things that most people associate with Parkinson's disease will be uh, a tremor. Ordinary folks often think, well, tremor is the biggest challenge for people with Parkinson's, but they actually have other symptoms, motor symptoms, and other symptoms that are likely considered even more challenging. Additional symptoms in Parkinson's disease that are motor symptoms are things like being really slow. It's called bradykinesia, and it's a slowing down of motor function, almost like someone's turned down the speed of how fast a signal can get to a muscle and a muscle can move. Later in Parkinson's disease, we'll start to have significant challenges with their balance. This can be called postural instability, and it becomes a falls risk as people get further into the condition. And then rigidity, which is just a stiffness, an overall stiffness in their body, and this can be quite debilitating. There's also common problems, though, that are non-motor, and these are things like sleep disturbances, mood challenges. So a big part of Parkinson's is people will experience a lot of depression and apathy and anxiety. They can experience significant loss of smell, constipation, bladder dysfunction, largely in the form of just having to pee a lot, and unfortunately sometimes needing to pee throughout the night, which can create sleep disturbances. Onset is typically in mid to late life, although there are people who get young onset Parkinson's disease, and a famous example of that is the actor Michael J. Fox, who was quite young when he got his diagnosis. In the global world, probably in part due to aging, not entirely necessarily, but largely due to aging, Parkinson's disease rates are rising rapidly. And it is actually the fastest growing neurological condition on the planet. A 2018 paper by doctors Dorsey, Shear, and Bloom, they estimated that by about 2040, we will have 17.5 million people in the world with Parkinson's. That's a near tripling of where we were at in 2015. That's a big change. There's no other neurological condition that's growing that fast. If you're a clinician and you're hearing that, a message that I often try to get out there is that you may not think that you're seeing Parkinson's patients, but I guarantee that you are. You might be seeing them when they are asymptomatic, which can be 10, 20 years before diagnosis. Or you're seeing them really early and they're not aware that their symptom of being a little stiff on one side is actually Parkinson's. I think it's helpful just to know that if you're a clinician out there, you're going to be seeing more and more of these folks. So exercise has been embraced as an important early intervention in Parkinson's disease for many reasons. And here's a few ways that we know Parkinson's disease is affected by exercise. Day-to-day -day motor and non-motor symptoms can get better we can see some improved medication outcomes. So there's medications that Parkinson's patients take on a regular basis. And this can be up to four, five, even six times a day that they need to take medication to be able to continue moving through their day. So if we can improve those medication outcomes, that's, that's a big win. As well, exercise has positive impacts on mood in folks with PD. And it's not unusual for people to say, I can handle so many things like the tremor or the stiffness, but what I find so hard is the depression or the anxiety. So if you can have an intervention that impacts that as well as the motor symptoms, you're stacking some wins here. It can improve cognition in PD patients and maybe partially the reason that it does that is because it can improve sleep. 
And you might look at this and go, well, there's a lot of things that I recognize as a person without Parkinson's disease that exercise helps me with. We know exercise seems to have positive impacts on mood for the general population, seems to improve sleep when done in appropriate ways in the general population. And that's because, you know, we're just talking about something that improves brain health in a variety of ways and is applicable whether you have Parkinson's disease or not. Exercise is helpful for the brain. Another very exciting thing about exercise when you're looking at a progressive condition like Parkinson's disease where there is no cure is any kind of treatment that can slow that progression down so that folks live longer at stages with a higher quality of life. Parkinson's is a progressive condition. It gradually worsens over time and how fast someone progresses is variable. And it starts off as a condition that folks can manage and remain employed remain highly active in their in their communities, be fully independent, to eventually one that creates greater and greater disability, unfortunately to where it becomes difficult or impossible to do things like walk, stand, move, speak, even eat and drink. A few ways to think about progression. At about 15 years into a diagnosis, it's estimated that about 80% of people with PD will have recurrent falls. This means that their balance is starting to get very poor. And as they get these frequent falls, they're more, more at risk for various injuries and outcomes from those falls. And then most folks with Parkinson's disease, by 20 years post-diagnosis, will need a wheelchair. I'm hopefully not scaring folks that have the condition. This is the average expectations. It's not a prediction for every single person. But you can see why slowing progression and delaying progression is so important because you can live well with earlier stages of Parkinson's. And as macabre as this sounds, we really hope to delay progression long enough that the patient dies before severe debility shows up. Exercise is part of this long game. And it also shows us, it's an example of the profound benefits that exercise can have to the brain. This is a brain that's ill. This is a brain that is experiencing a neurodegenerative condition, yet we can slow that neurodegenerative condition down with exercise. To illustrate this, let's look at one of the more recent studies on exercise and Parkinson's disease progression. This is a study that was published in the Journal of Neurology in 2022, so just last year. Uh, it was published by Tsukita and colleagues, and the title is Long-Term Effect of Regular Physical Activity and Exercise Habits in Patients with Early Parkinson's Disease. This is an observational cohort study, meaning that Again, this can only tell us about correlation, not causation. We can't say that increased exercise was the reason these people progressed slower. We can just say that those two things are associated. They had 237 patients with early Parkinson's disease in this study. Mean age was 63. 69% were male, and they were able to follow them up over about five years. They're subjects of this ongoing international multicenter trial that started in 2012 called the Parkinson's Progression Markers Initiative Study. This study included continued 
comprehensive evaluations of a whole bunch of clinical parameters. They're looking at how these people do with their motor function and their non-motor function over time, regular assessments of a whole host of things around their mood, their cognition, their sleep behavior, etc. And then they also had regular assessments of their physical activity and daily movement through something called a PACE questionnaire. The PACE questionnaire not only looks at the activities that we would think of as regular exercise. So those are your planned activities where you say, I'm going to go for a run, and you run for 30 minutes, and then that gets recorded as a run on the questionnaire. They were also quantifying the activity, the physical activities that could happen due to household activities or, you know, things like washing the dishes or vacuuming, and work scores, work activity. So the physical activity that could happen as a result of work. It meant that they could take this information and split it up a little bit and say, well, what outcomes were correlated with household activities? What outcomes were correlated with planned physical activity? Overall, they were able to take all of this information and really examine the long-term effects of regular physical activity and exercise habits and regular movement habits on the disease course of Parkinson's disease. And as you can imagine, because I chose this study, of course, they found outcomes that were hopeful. A few notable findings, moderate and vigorous exercise levels were associated with slower decline in postural and gait stability, basically meaning that people who were moderately to vigorously active in specifically exercisers in this instance, that they actually had this long-term slow progression in their balance. This is actually really important for a reason that you're probably not aware of, which is that medication doesn't do a great job at treating this. This is one of the features of Parkinson's disease that the medications don't really help. So we're seeing this slow progression in something that also is actually hard to treat in Parkinson's disease with the current treatment options we have. Also, they found that people who engaged in work-related activity levels, higher work-related activity levels, had slower deterioration of their cognitive processing speed over time. This might be actually measuring that work-related activity is also cognitively active-related activity, and it might be that the exercise that happens at work is overlapping with the cognitive work that that person's doing, and that might be more why that outcome is associated with slower rates of deterioration of processing speed. And then they also found that people who were engaging in higher levels of household activities, like vacuuming, dishwashing, doing the laundry, etc., those folks had a slower decline in their abilities to do activities of daily living. So activities of daily living, the things that get measured there are abilities to do things that would involve things like brushing your teeth or getting dressed or preparing a meal. One thing I haven't mentioned yet that I think is important about this study is that they were able to highlight in their data the importance of maintenance, or we could call it consistency of exercise. The people that were active consistently had the best outcomes. To review, this study looked at folks who are early in their diagnosis and established that moderate to vigorous activity is associated 
with slower decline in gait and postural instability, with an emphasis that maintenance of activity is key, and that folks who maintain higher work activity levels have slower loss of cognitive processing speeds, and that folks that maintain household activities have slower loss of their activity of daily living scores. Now, one might be wondering, well, how would you recreate the amount of activity that they were seeing as effective in the group that did well? In this study, the authors were using a recommended metric of 150 minutes of moderate intensity activity per week as the threshold for meeting the moderate to vigorous activity levels. If you break that down into 30-minute blocks, it's about five blocks of 30 minutes of moderate intensity exercise to recreate the amount of exercise that they saw correlated with slower rates of progression. So if this was the only study that found this correlation between slower progression in Parkinson's disease and exercise, it wouldn't be as remarkable as it is, but it really is building on many other studies that have found similar outcomes. One thing to say is that slowing progression in any disease is always easier earlier in the disease. Hence why when I see people who are early in their Parkinson's disease diagnosis, I see establishing a regular exercise habit as job number one. Another thing of note is that exercise is hard. I think it would be a pretty easy sell to have a once-daily medication that did all of these things. But with exercise, it takes effort. And as this study showed, consistency of effort to get ongoing benefits. I think this is partially why it isn't championed as much as it could be by clinicians. Because, you know, we're seeing a patient who already has mobility challenges and we're saying to them, you got to get out there and exercise. It's a harder sell, but it's an important sell to make happen. I think that we need to come up with ways in which we can motivate and convince folks with Parkinson's disease that they need to get out there and get moving because it really is one of the biggest benefits from an intervention that they're going to see. Some really good news that I'm seeing in my own clinical practice is that most patients that I see with Parkinson's disease have now been told that exercise is the most important thing that they can do to slow progression by their diagnosing neurologist. As you can imagine, that's music to my ears when I hear this, of course. I love hearing that a natural lifestyle-based intervention is being advocated as the single most important thing a person can do to slow progression of their neurological condition. Hopefully the myth that lifestyle interventions do nothing for the quote-unquote real neurological and quote-unquote real mental health challenges is disintegrating thanks to research like this and much more that we'll share on this podcast moving forward. Thanks for listening today. I hope you enjoyed this episode and got a good sense of why I feel very strongly about exercise in Parkinson's patients. If you are someone out there who doesn't have Parkinson's, maybe you'll be inspired by the fact that with 150 minutes of moderate intensity exercise can slow progression of a major neurological condition, it might just do me some good too. Like do your brain some good, but it'll do your whole body some good too. That would be a great outcome of today's episode. A friendly reminder to wrap up today, 
is to subscribe. And if you feel moved to, please leave a positive review of this podcast. It really is the best way to help us be successful and get our message out there. The next episode of The Well-Nurtured Brain drops in two weeks. Until then, thanks so much for listening. And of course, be kind to your mind. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Well-Nurtured Brain. If you enjoyed this episode, remember to subscribe and share this podcast. Spread the word about brain health to your friends and family. They'll thank you. The content of this podcast is not intended as a substitute for medical advice, nor should it be considered as such. If something discussed today seems applicable to you, please seek the assistance of an appropriately licensed healthcare professional. Thanks again for listening.